need a pep talk? Come hang with us weekly while we serve up realness with a side of sass and help you learn to love yourself in every shape, size, and season. I'm Becca. And I'm AMQ. And this is I Got You, Boo. Hello, hello. Hi. Welcome back. Hi, Bruno. <laughs> oh my God. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. He Always. wants to say hi, too. He just is like, what an attitude, though. Like, the audacity that he has every time. He's like, I just want to let my presence be known that my mother is ignoring me for, for this bullshit. <laughs> just for this small period of my life. <laughs> like, the smallest, most minuscule <laughs> amount of time. She's not looking at me. Oh, my Lanta. Well, hello. Work so that you'll look. I swear. I swear. But his back is fully to me. <laughs> Men. Story of my life. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, okay. I actually really wanted to start off this episode with a series of three serious questions. This is terrifying. <laughs> Enter the dun dun dun. <laughs> Okay, so three serious questions. Number one, how are you? Oh, God. (laughs) Really? Is that? Yeah. Listen, that is a very loaded question, (laughs) to be honest with you. I'm exhausted. (laughs) I think that that's probably the best word for it in every sense of the word. Mentally, emotionally, physically, just exhausted. But I'm okay. I'm just exhausted. Like, I feel like I'm learning that those things can coexist. Yeah. Like, I don't have to be one or the other. I can make the mesh enough to be somewhat of a productive human being. Or at least be okay with the chaos. (laughs) As Becca's talking, you can see that she's, like, trying to string together the sentences properly. Mm -hmm. But I I get what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's like you can... I feel like... Some of the just some of the messages that I get from you on a daily basis, I'm like, honestly, I feel like if we weren't the kinds of humans who genuinely made ourselves a priority, like our actual mental health a priority, we would, who knows, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it just makes me really appreciate. Also, May is Mental Health Awareness Month and yes. we're in May right now. So I thought it was appropriate to ask that because I know this has been a month. This has been like an interesting month. I mean- mm-hmm. You're living such a different life than I am as far as the way things are re- restriction and regulation wise, but I still kind of feel like it's been one of those months. Also, how, how, how are we halfway through this year? I know. I, I know. That's good. You know those, you know those memes at the beginning of the year that we saw, or it was at least one meme I saw and it was like, 2021 is just 2020 with bangs. Yes. And I like kind of giggled, but cried at the same time. It was like... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Giggle cry, and I was like, ha, ha, ha. but no, but actually, like that's a real thing. Yeah, <laughs> the bang one, the bangs are like kind of growing out, like they're kind of growing yeah. out, but they're but they're at that awkward stage where like they're not just blunt cut that you can wear them and like just show it to the world, and it is what it is. But they're not quite where you you can like let them be on their own yet because <laughs> they still need to be. But you contained. know what? Those clips are really in. I, ha- yeah, I don't have them. They myself. are. <laughs> Those are really, no, I'm never going to have those clips. Why? A, because I don't know. I, 
I'm already 4'10". I don't need to look more like a child. And (laughs) (laughs) two is I never will ever get bangs ever again in my life. Like Mm -hmm. that is, I'm just not going there. No, yeah, no, for sure not. Yeah, I thought it was a good idea to ask that question. How are you? I am, it it like changes. I Mm -hmm. feel like it changes for me based on, I'm a very environmental human. As in recycling? (laughs) Are you talking about going green or you mean your space? (laughs) Okay, by the laughter, I'm going to go ahead and say she means the environment that she is in physically. Okay. Okay, so listen, every day I try to do my best to be a good human and do my part. Andrew would say that I don't do a very good job, but I do my best. This episode is brought to you by the recycling company of Toronto. The the blue bin, the recycling blue bin of Toronto, city of Toronto blue bin. Oh my God. I really do. I swear. I'm a good human being doing her part, but I mean, I see as, you know, yes, I know. It's like, I feel like I'm a broken record. It's like, same thing. AMQ talking about the lockdown, but I feel like I'll be in here, which is this room is literally, you know, my home gym, my home office, the Murphy bedroom. I don't know. It's everything. And sometimes I'll like be in here and I'm like, I, I, I just can't anymore because it's so many, this room is literally Narnia. Sometimes I'll like open the door, close it and be like, just kidding. Now I'm in my office. Just kidding. Now I'm in my home gym. Sometimes I literally open the door (laughs) and I rewalk in. (laughs) But if I'm like on the balcony, I'm like, good. Mm-hmm. You know, because obviously not not today because it's raining. That would mm-hmm. be silly. But I'll be like in the balcony or in the balcony on the balcony. Or if I like go into the living room, I'll be like, OK, I, I'm getting to that point where just I've I have the self-awareness to be able to get up and move from even if it's only like a few steps. And yes, getting outside with Luna and everything, that's like a total game changer. But like, really, it's gone to that point where I I can check myself and be like, you know what? I'm just not feeling the vibrations or not. I feel so woo woo saying that, but when I get up and I walk to like the kitchen or something, like even making a smoothie, I'm good. You just need to change your state. Tony, Tony Robbins it up. Yeah. Like I'm just in a state of redundance. I just Mm. kind of feel very, it just, Groundhog Day just doesn't stop. (laughs) I mean, you guys have really been in it for a long time, so I can see why environmentally, that is a, like that. It's just a lot to process and a lot to try and navigate and weird. Cause like you said, it changes. Sometimes you love it. Sometimes you're like, get me out of here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I was saying the other day I, just to myself, I was like, what? Honestly, thank, thank goodness for the pod. You know, yeah. I just feel like this gives us, it's such a, it's a passion project. And obviously we put a lot into it. It's more, listen, it's more than a passion project. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But we're very passionate about it. And I just feel like, I don't know, like if I'm, if I'm like, you know, I just don't want to do like my coaching work right now. I can very easily just like pivot to, Mm -hmm. you know, reaching out and having conversations with the awesome humans that we're bringing on or thinking about content or doing all the behind the scenes stuff that we still have to do as podcasters. And I just feel like that even that alone changes my state. So yeah, I'm super grateful because I'm like, what would I even be doing? Mm-hmm. Like I would be sitting here looking at the very few cars on the highway driving by. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I would be doing. Speaking of environment, I was so excited to change 
when we got back to school and be like, mm-hmm. oh, my classroom is my second home. I essentially spend more time there than I spend in my own home. However, picture that room that you can't leave with 20 humans that say your name every two seconds because we can't mm-hmm. because of the COVID mm-hmm. regulations. Like, mm-hmm. I don't get that lunch break, uh, like away from them. Like they eat lunch with us. They have everything with us. It's like 30 minutes a day that maybe I get like a minute to just... So I think that that has played a role on the exhausted state. Oh, yeah. It's it's like, I just imagine it to be, again, like the reels that you see of like toddlers tugging at their parents' clothing. Uh-huh. Yep. That's how I feel. That's how I feel like you would be with Mr. Chico, Mr. Chico, Mr. Chico. Mr. I had a child pop up from underneath my desk today. No. And on. just like popped up to talk. <laughs> Mr. Chico, I was like, are no, you? No, no. No. I didn't even see her sneak into the front of my desk. She's like, can I just sit here? Can I just sit? And then the other one's here to my right. Can I just sit here and do, can I, and then here and then in front of my, like I was surrounded by like five of them (laughs) for the whole four hours at one time. And then it's like, they, they don't know they're still learning how to be humans. So we had a whole mini lesson. What a statement. What a statement. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I get you guys are still learning how to be a human. And I get that. What does not work in a conversation is everybody saying what they want to say at once without listening to respond. Like you're listening to respond instead of listening to just listen. So mm-hmm. when one is asking one question, the other's asking another at the exact same time. And I'm like, there's 20 of you and one of me. How do you think that that works mathematically and scientifically that I will be able to meet all of your needs at the exact same time that you want them met? And they were like, oh, I don't know. And then they like went on. Do you like cheese? What's your favorite cartoon? <laughs> what are you doing this weekend? <laughs> uh, Becca, Becca did a half day today. So we're recording on a Friday, which yes. to be honest, already feels we've never recorded on a Friday before. First Friday. And it already feels different. Like it's definitely not a Monday evening because the Monday evenings <laughs> like I don't know. Honestly, I'm sure y'all enjoy them. And like, so do we while we're in it. But uh-huh. then after I'll be like, Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> like I, That's the speaking of boundaries, which we're going to be talking about later. Mondays are the ones where we're like, did we cross it? Did we? <laughs> we did always we do. There's no, 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 there's no, did we? There's never yeah. a question. Like, did so we like, go there? Well, <laughs> crossed our own lines of comfort. That's what we're here There's for. There's one though. phrase that you always say, and you're like, it always, it only happens on the evening episode. <laughs> no, only, only. Love that for us. Uh, okay, well, I'm glad that we're both okay. <clears throat> okay. Second question in the series of serious questions. Okay. <laughs> when did you learn what a blowjob was? Are you kidding? I thought we were. I was getting my mindset in personal. Development mode. This was personal development. (laughs) I don't know if I have a concrete time. I think it was eighth grade, eighth grade going into ninth. That seems like the right age bracket. Do you remember how a friend of mine did that? Oh, and was like, and she didn't, I don't think she knew. She was like, I don't know if, is that a thing? And like, we had to like, just obviously we weren't going to ask, but I know that like older siblings, she like asked her older sister, like, is this something that happens? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, I was just very confused. (laughs) And I think I just stayed very quiet and just listened. And I was like, I don't, that 
doesn't seem right. Like a popsicle? <laughs> Is it a frozen, freezy pop? Like same thing? Oh, okay. I'm so glad you said that because that, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you said that. Because <laughs> that goes into my the answer. I'm going to answer my own question. Okay. So I found out what a blowy was in high school in 10th grade because there was a rumor oh, going no. around <gasps> that I gave no. this guy who I had a crush on. I'll never forget his name or what he looks like. You know, like when, you know, the bad boy, like the, the, what were you thinking? Like I had such, oh, I was just, I just, he's, just, oh. um, <laughs> I was just thinking back. I was like so obsessed. It's terrible. But I had this massive crush on this guy. I almost said his name. Not good. Okay. No. <laughs> Thank God we, we can edit. <laughs> um, massive crush. And like, he finally noticed me. I was working really hard to get this guy to notice me. Can we give him a fake name? Ricky. Wow. Okay. I was going to say Chad, but we can go with Ricky. Chads are assholes. I mean, I, I thought mean, he, I thought that's where this was going. So go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Ricky. Ricky, but he's more, he's more, he was like very like, he had some flavor flav, you know? So he okay. like, I'm thinking, I'm thinking like Ricky Martin, you know, <laughs> except not gay, but whatever, you know, this is making all kinds of lefts and rights here. Okay. So Ricky is who you had a crush on. And this rumor yeah. came out. That you gave okay. him a blow. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, yeah. And my best guy friend in high school, let's call him Bob. <laughs> <laughs> These names, though. Okay. Bob <laughs> went to elementary school with Ricky. And I was like, so hard eye emoji face before hard eye emojis were a thing because emojis didn't exist. And so I would tell Bob, I'd be like, Bob, I just I have such a crush on him. What can I do to get him to notice me? And so Bob, you know, put in work. Bob put in work, you know, <laughs> started started talking about, he didn't really even like the guy. Was like, I went to elementary school with him. I grew up with him, but like, didn't really like the guy. He's like, Bob's being a good friend, being like, I don't know, AMQ. I don't know. And I was like, you know what? Just, just let it be. And he's like, fine. Now, what's important to note is that I actually had a crush on my best friend, Bob, through all of high school, but Ooh, Bob didn't notice twist. me. So I was like, maybe if I talk to him about this, but Ricky, he'll notice, but that didn't work. Never oh. works, guys. Don't do it. It did work eventually, but just not in that moment. Yeah. So that plan was foiled. Eventually, I won. But so <laughs> he finally, he like slides on in. To his like life starts talking to him about me and you know, Ricky notices me. And then one thing leads to another and me talking to him at his locker every morning for what felt like a week, probably only turned into a rumor, which I, I promise Ricky started. I promise. For sure he did. That I gave him a blow job in the school library in the stacks of the school library. That now, was some, obviously some weird high school kid fantasy. I hate Ricky. I The high school rumors are brutal. But keep in mind, our library, okay? Imagine it, just imagine something that's completely open concept with windows. So you can't actually give someone a blowjob in this library without the people that are walking to their classes seeing you because it's it's like floor to ceiling windows. So he's an there asshole no, and an idiot. <laughs> yeah, like there's just no way that happened, Linda. Okay. We're at a Catholic school. Not that made a difference, but like <laughs> just 
<laughs> you know, like there wasn't gonna, it wasn't gonna work. It wasn't. Right. And you know what? Malin is going to be listening to this episode. He went to high school with me. He's going to know like, yeah, where the fuck would you possibly have done that without being seen? Hey, Malin here. Literally. I was thinking the exact same thing. Where the hell would that have happened? Back to you, ladies. Like, I'm not, I'm not an exhibitionist. Like, I'm not just going to like, hey, whip it out. Now, keep in mind, I didn't know what a blowjob was. So innocent little AMQ. Okay. Starts hearing this and, and rumors back in high school when I was in high school, like not everybody had a cell phone. So it wasn't like you see in the TV shows, you know, now where it's like there's like a mass chain of texts or somebody posts in their snap story or something. It was just a lot of like word of mouth. So then somebody came to me in homeroom and was like, hey, did you give Ricky a blowjob in the stacks? And I was like, I, no joke. I'm so glad I didn't ask what's a blowjob because that's literally what my brain was doing. And so... I texted Bob and was like, Bob, emergency. <laughs> I need you to leave class. So we met, we, we had this like little stairwell where we would like meet in between classes. So it was like, meet me at the spot. It was a serious, serious thing. I need to know if you were texting Bob in homeroom using T9. Like where you have to hit the letter four times. Uh, to get the- yeah. <laughs> of course. It was, it was meet me at the at symbol. The spot. I can remember the text. This is how, this is how impactful this moment of my life was. Like it's literally, I could, I could create a short about it, like a short film about this exact pivotal moment in my teenage years, because he meets me and, and like, he sees in my face, right? He's like, what's, what's wrong? And I have like the little lip quiver going and he's like, are you okay? And I'm like, no. And he's like, what happened? And so Bob, imagine Bob is, Bob is a six foot six in high school, 10th grade already, six foot six. God bless. And I was 4'10". So it was literally like, literally like seeing a cartoon, like we're besties. I'm like, I have a really important question for you. And he's like, okay. And I'm like, but he's like, you can tell he's like being like concerned, like best guy friend, like, okay, like what do I, what's happened? Do you want to sit down? Do you want to stand up? Like we're like in this stairwell. He's like, how can I, he's like patting me on the back. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's fine. Just, it's fine. I was like, I'm just upset. And he's like, what happened? I'm like, um, can you tell me what a blowjob is? <laughs> and I mean, look, when your best guy, you have a best guy friend in high school, but you're like, I was very virginal at this point. Virginal? Like, we're talking, I had like maybe kissed one guy at this point in 10th grade. I'm pretty sure. So I was pretty virginal. Like I didn't really know what anything was. I was... I grew up in a super overprotective household, so I had no idea. And it wasn't like it is now, you know, like you just, I I don't know. If you don't know a term, you're not going to Google it. I just, the term had never happened for me. I'd never heard it before. So he literally looks at me and he's like, okay, okay, I got this. Like, I was like, I can explain it to you. So he's like, all right, you know, in the summer (laughs) when you order an ice cream from an ice cream truck, a soft serve ice cream. You meant soft serve to describe this? And I'm like, this? yes. Yep. And he's like, and they, they hand you the ice cream. And it's warm because it's summertime. And okay. as soon as they hand it to you, you notice that it's like trickling down a little bit. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, no, no, stay with me. I'm like, okay, I am. And he's like, and you know how you like lick it to make sure it doesn't trickle down onto your hand? That's a blowjob. <laughs> Wait, what? But the ice cream yeah, is a yeah. penis. That's, 
Yeah. He's like, that's what a blowjob is. And so me being the literal human being that I always have been, I say to him, Bob, wouldn't that be more like a lick job? Oh my God. (laughs) And he's like, well, I guess. And I was like, and then what's supposed to happen? And he's like, well, eventually, you know, things come out. And I'm like, oh my God. Okay. But then where does blowjob come in? I was like, do I have to blow on it? Like a candle? He's like, no, 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 no. Like, it blows. You lick. And I'm like, what? How does that? I was like, how does the licking? And then I'm like, I'm not a science person. This exact conversation. Bob, I'm not a science person. But how does licking create an explosion? And he was like, okay, you also have to suck. And I was like, so why is it not a suck job? Oh, my God. He was like, it doesn't matter. It's also referred to as head. Then I got really confused because I was like, why? And he's like, you know, it's fine. Listen, why? And he's like, anyways, anyways, why? And then I, then I started, it was like me asking questions, me laughing. And then he asked why. And then it was immediate crying. It was like immediate hysteria. I was like, well, Ricky told. And listen, now just imagine being Bob who I asked to get Ricky to notice me. And now Bob has to explain to me what a blowjob is because this rumor that was spread. Let me tell you, I will not confirm or deny that both of them were suspended. Oh no. Oh God. <laughs> but that was my learning experience with blowies. And I thought it was appropriate to tell that story because last week we talked about blowies and I have literally been thinking about this story since. Makes sense. <laughs> It's a very monumental moment to figure that out, what that is. It it was, yeah, it was terrible. Ca- it was terrible. So if you went to Catholic school, did you just not get the health classes that were part of, like, the boy, like, what happens to boys? That was part of my eighth eighth grade health class we learned about, not blowjobs, but we learned about, like, <laughs> how it explodes. <laughs> you had an entire unit on fellatio. <laughs> yeah, yep. <laughs> No, my eighth grade health teacher was like, everyone, everyone stand up out of your desk. It was co-ed, so it was boys and girls. Everyone stand up, yell penis, yell vagina, get it out of your system. We're desensitizing ourselves to the word before we had class. I feel like we had that. Like, I definitely feel like we had those classes, but I I just think the whole blowjob thing was just because I I genuinely didn't have a human that I was like experimenting with. Like I didn't have a boyfriend because I was too afraid to have a boyfriend because my mom was like, I will kill you. Like, okay. Valid, valid so, reason to just, concern. Yeah, I know. I was like, there's no one to experiment with. There was no one to ask, you know, no one was like, can we do this? I didn't have a partner. So then there was no real way for me to know. And then my guy friends didn't talk to me about it because they didn't see me as a girl until grade 11 when I got boobs. Mm. So Gotcha. That was fun. Gotcha. Then all of a sudden, grade 11 happened, summer of leading into grade 11. So for you Americans, that's junior year, just to make that clear. (laughs) Um, And (laughs) I got boobies. And then the nine guys in my group of guy friends slash my only friend group all asked me to send me formal, all of them. (laughs) So then I went with all of them because I was like, let's just make it a group day. Which was weird. That, I'm surprised the rumors didn't come from that. <laughs> See AMQs here with all those guys? <laughs> oh, my God. Well, that was quite the trip down memory lane. 
was. It was. Ooh, okay. Now, that, so that was my second series of serious questions. Now I have no idea what the hell now from here. <laughs> okay, no. Now my third is pretty straightforward, but you can take it wherever you want, is what is a boundary? Okay. Like when you say boundary, I'm setting a boundary. What is a boundary? I will say that it's so funny that you said that because that was on my first list of notes. So there we are. I (laughs) thought before doing the work and before therapy and before doing any type of personal development, I thought that when you had boundaries, it was how to keep others out. And it was how to protect yourself, which I think it is in some ways how to protect yourself. But as I've been like working to understand what a boundary is, I think it's more of a way to let people in and how you what you need to put in place to keep people or to not keep people, how you teach people how to treat you or situations that you want to put yourself in and how you're going to feel. It's a lot about you and not a lot about everybody else, which I thought boundaries were Mm -hmm. for everybody else. But ultimately, I think that it's navigating where I need to take responsibility. And my responsibility is in speaking my truth and sharing the things that make me feel good and what I need. And I am not responsible for others' perception of that. And I think that that's where boundaries come into play, personally. Yep. I'd agree with that. How about you? I like that. I agree with what you said about sometimes, or I think oftentimes, we can think that boundaries have everything to do with the humans that aren't Mm -hmm. us. But I will say that boundaries, to me, are the line that separates you and me. Mm -hmm. So it's quite literally a line, right? It's, It's The literal definition is a line that separates. If we're being literal, it separates us as two human beings. But it's also what is and isn't okay in terms of, like you said, how you're treated. So we, we've, I've heard it before many times and I kind of, you know, when you hear quotes so much that they become like buzz terms and then you don't take them in anymore. Growing up, I used to hear the term, um, you teach people how to treat you mm-hmm. many, many times because I come from a long line of people pleasers. But when I was younger, I didn't realize that, you know, I didn't realize that, the humans in my life who were the most my formative humans for me were also such people pleasers. And a lot of the things that brought them stress and heartache are the same things that bring me stress and heartache because once again, product of my environment, right? And I think that unfortunately they didn't do that work. They didn't know any better. It comes from being people pleasers, but we can get into that later. Mm-hmm. But I think that boundaries are literally, you know, knowing when no means no. And um, when someone hurts your feelings, when you can say, hey, you hurt my feelings, you know? And I think it's interesting because I always pride myself on being, well, it's funny that I would say pride myself, but I do. I pride myself on being pretty confrontational and you're the opposite. But I think that I've had a harder time and this is just me, based on me watching you, I think I've had a harder time setting boundaries in, let's say, the last six months than you have, though, because I make it way more about me. So I don't know how to explain this. So instead of, 
we're starting to learn self-care isn't selfish. I feel like I've the pendulum has swung all the way because I'm such an extremist to the other side of things now that now I'm just like, it's true. Self-care isn't selfish. Therefore, I'm going to be selfish. And in doing that, sometimes boundary setting becomes a little difficult because I stop considering anything, like anything to do with anyone else. And you have to, because you can't operate through life without having the approval or acceptance in some way, shape, or form from the humans around you, or else you would literally just be like Rapunzel at the top of a tower by yourself for the rest of your life, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's so interesting because I've just had to like navigate what that looks like, be okay with hurting people's feelings, but then also remember that the boundaries are for to create the line between me and another human. The boundary isn't between me, myself, and I. It's the, the boundary is between me and X, me and Y, me and Z. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? I feel like mm-hmm. I'm talking in circles here, but it makes sense to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, think it, I think it makes a little bit of sense. I, I, I think I'm understanding what you're saying. I don't know if I love the line, because I feel like the line sounds like more of a do not cross, you cannot do, whereas maybe where you're talking about the confrontation part happening. Mm-hmm. And yes, I think it's important to communicate. I have that written down too. Mm -hmm. Communicate how you're feeling, which is where I really struggle. Like I really have had no, no boundaries most of my life. I am very much an empath and want to be, I thought that being a good person and being a good friend or being a good fill in the blank here meant that I am going to be there for everybody else because that is what makes me a good human And in turn, after learning more about me and flipping that focus back on me and not on everybody else, it was more so a deflection and fear of looking within. And I became a sponge of everyone else's emotions, how everybody else in the room was feeling about everything, Mm -hmm. which created a war within myself and not speaking on that because I thought speaking on that would mean that I had to push people away and I don't have to do that. I have learned to find a good balance between having a good heart, leading with love, and also knowing that like I don't need to respond to everybody right away. I don't need to be there for everyone in the way that I think I do, because that might not be the way that they want, that they need somebody there for them. And just learning how to like just kind of speak up when I'm not happy with something instead of just like sweeping it under the rug, not to cause a stir and just keep it going. Yeah. And it's hard to do that. I came from, um, if you guys, by the way, these references that I am going to be making, I'm just going to put the plug in here. Most of it is from Glennon Doyle. Most of it is from Untamed. I read- No surprise. I read Untamed twice. The first time, I did not like it. The second time was last year, and it changed my life. And I'm about to read it for a third time. And each time I have picked it up and started to read a section of it, it has resonated with me in a completely different way. So the first time it was because I didn't agree with what boundaries were. Now I wholeheartedly agree with what she's explaining. And I was in the midst of trying to find out what that meant. Like if I thought if other people were were putting out boundaries with me, they were upset with me. Mm -hmm. And that's not what it is. It was just explained so that you can understand somebody because you have to take other people's feelings into consideration. Yes, boundaries are all about you. But if you do that without the consideration of another human and their boundaries, then you're just being an asshole. (laughs) Exactly. And that's what I was saying about 
I have, I am guilty of taking it all the way to the other side sometimes because mm-hmm. I, I go down that like, well, if I don't look out, it's like me, myself and I, if I don't look out for me, who will that kind of like almost the hostility. Right. And that's based on hurt, like past hurt, past disappointment. So I'm like, okay, well, if I'm on the, in the driver's seat, I'm just such a literal human being. Right. So if I'm like, if I'm in the driver's seat of this decision-making, then this is for me fuck what they feel. And then I'm like, no, that's not going to work, you know, and <laughs> constant. And, and it's crazy because it's, I never thought I would ever, ever, ever get to the point where I was making a decision for me, for me. That's it for me. Mm-hmm. Like not considering other people, but I'm still navigating that because every time I'm like, it's not really working out. Um, it looks different too. To consider it. It changes for sure. Yeah. And it does. Okay. Question for you. Question that I think is going to like start a whole thing. So do you think a boundary can be a yes? Mm -hmm. Yes. And here's why. I am very, very close with my family and I love them with every essence of my being. But I had to learn what a boundary looked like in regard of what you just said, saying yes. When When you surrounded yourself with people that you know love you and want to protect you against the world... And you want to say yes to something, for example, like traveling solo or taking a different avenue in regard to your career or just doing something different that's like off the beaten path of what you're quote unquote supposed to do with life. When I would want to say yes to that, the fear that, you know, the people that you love bring to you because they want to protect you from the world and like, oh, but what if, but what if, but what if they want to bring that fear to your doorstep and let you pick instead of having you experience that. So I feel like saying like, no, I'm not asking your permission. Because oftentimes growing up, I felt like I was asking permission instead of just doing what I and trusting myself in that way. So I think that as, especially in my 30s, I feel like it's only been three years, <laughs> but in my 30s, <laughs> I really had an eye-opening experience to that. And been like, no, no, no. And it's helped my relationships with all those people because I'm like, no, I'm telling you this is Yes. I'm just asking you to support and love and whatever fear you have in regards to me saying yes, that's your fear to deal with, to deal with and your concern to deal with. Mm-hmm. Cause I think so often we're, we're told like, if they worry about you, then they love you. And my parents say that to me all the time. Like, Oh, I know. I know if I just tell, if I say it, if I tell you not to talk to strangers, it just makes me feel better. And like, yeah, I get it. And it's all funny. Right. Ha But you're also bringing fear and anyone, if you're bringing someone, mm-hmm. someone else's worry, to you and let them say yes, because I'm trusting myself and I'm letting you know it's going to be okay. Even if it goes wrong, even if the world gets ugly, I'm going to say yes to me right now in this moment with this decision. And then you just learn to trust yourself in that way too. So what do you think? Do you think a boundary is saying yes? Yeah. So I think that every no is a yes. Every no is a yes. Okay. Because if you say no, you know what? I'm not going to go to that event. I'm going to stay in and spend time alone. You're saying yes to yourself. You know, if you say, no, I'm just not going to answer this call right now because I'm, I just know that I'm not in the headspace and I'm not going to bring the proper energy. You are saying yes to a more positive interaction in the future between you and that person. And I say this from a place of, I have always, always been the girl, the friend, the human who is front row center in everybody else's life. I am the woo girl. 
I'm that friend that you want around because she documents everything and you can message her later for a documentation on your night. I'm the friend who, if you launch a new single, if you're tons of my friends that are, you know, in the music world, or if you are DJing at an event, or if you are trying to get, um, you know, enough funds to launch your startup, like insert whatever project you have going on in your life here. I'm that friend that gets tagged in because I'm the girl who can be basically relied on to be supportive. And while I have no issue doing that, in doing that, I lost a lot of myself because I started taking on as much as I still call myself a hype human because I am, I, that became too much of who I was. And so if somebody launched a single and there was a single release party and it was on a Tuesday and on the Wednesday, I had a really important meeting super early. And I know that I have no self-control and that if I go out on a Tuesday night, then I'm going to have some bevies, but I say yes anyways. And then I suffer the consequences the next day. The only person suffering is me. Mm -hmm. My friend doesn't even know what's happening, right? My friend doesn't know that by me saying yes, I created a shitty situation for myself the next day. And I had to learn, you know, some pretty tough lessons that if they were disappointed, that was on them, right? If, if they couldn't understand that I said no, because it was for me, then that was on them. Because now I have done such a good job at kind of putting my foot down and being like, I'm going to show up for this when I can, and I have the capacity to. And now when I show up, everyone knows I actually want to be there. Mm -hmm. I'm not just there. And this can be for anything. It doesn't mean like an actual physical event. This is anything. When I answer that call, when I reply to that email, when I show up in that space, it's because I actually want to be there and not because I've like guilted myself or allowed other people to guilt Mm -hmm. me into being there. So that's why I think every no is a yes. Because if you're saying no to somebody else, then you're saying yes to you. And that's pretty powerful. Yeah, totally. And I feel like when you do that and you say yes, when you want to say no, when you, when you go to that thing or answer that message, you also rob yourself of the experience because if you waited or like, I'm going to get the next one, that next experience, that next thing, whatever the thing is, is going to mean more because like you said, you're showing up because you want to be there and not because you feel like you're obligated, which of course you love that person. And that doesn't Mm -hmm. change your love, like whatever it is for that thing, but showing up when you're at capacity to do that is where the boundary is. Totally. That makes total sense. Do you think you've lost people? Speaking of that, do you think you've had to, do you think in setting boundaries, you have lost, I guess you could say relationships as a result? For sure. Yeah. I've also lost relationships by not communicating, not getting communicated with because I, Mm. I, and, and likewise, like other people I was just done with, but like, why am I so angry with them acting a certain way if I never spoke up to let them know that they were overstepping? And likewise, mm. people have thought that I was overstepping and overdoing or not doing because I was never communicated with, but like, we're not mind readers. So you we don't know what other people's boundaries are unless you speak to that and say, you know what? I don't really like X or when you, or when, when this situation happened, shout out to Mel Robbins for this trick, because this has helped a lot of my relationships in life, um, teaching the ways to communicate. Like when this situation happened and you're specific about it, you don't make it, you don't finger point, but not when you did this, but when this situation happened, it made me feel like this. 
So if we could, what is happening? Am I doing something or is something going on with you in life that is making this dynamic feel weird in order for us to be better from it? Um, that, and, but when those things don't happen, you lose relationships and it makes total sense. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think that loss is always part of the process when you become Mm -hmm. a little bit more of who you are. Right. And I, that's been a hard lesson to learn for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Because I think that it's so interesting when I think about how, I mean, I literally, we talk about this, like you and I, are proud hype humans. Like we will be, mm-hmm. we will be front row center and in the stands and on the sidelines with the big lame freaking sign that says, you are amazing. Like that's who we are. Mm-hmm. However, I had to take time. I literally had to take time, not even on the bench sitting down, on no bench. There was no bench. I didn't even show up to the bench. I didn't put myself in the situation to be on the sidelines. I had to just not be at all present in those situations. We didn't even Google Maps where a bench would be. No, no. (laughs) There was no park bench sitting, benches, and me, no. That was a boundary that I set. Why? Because now that I'm back in that and back on the bench, I am proud to do that, and I am hyping up the humans, it feels good to me to hype up. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's interesting, you know, when you cheer someone on and in doing that, it cheers you up. Mm-hmm. That is how it's supposed to feel. You're not supposed to cheer someone on and then think to yourself, well, I'm never going to get this back. And I know that sounds terrible, because I shouldn't be giving to get, and I've never been the type to give to get. But you know when it gets to that that tipping point, and it's one sided. Well, Gladwell, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, I just know that I'm never going to get this back, you or know, even like, a little. This is not a karma. No, this is not a karma situation. Like this human is not going to get me back. I could drop off the face of the earth tomorrow, and they wouldn't notice. And that's when I started being like, that's not cool, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And my energy is worth more than that. And it's everything. Your energy is everything. So when I started putting the energy where really where I thought there was more value, it was super important. And sometimes, guess what? Everyone, plot twist. Sometimes that energy is better served on yourself. So instead of being a front row center of everybody else's life, you know what that does? It puts you fucking all the way in the nosebleeds for your own life. That's what happened. Mm -hmm. I was literally living my life vicariously through everyone else, measuring my success against someone else's, measuring my happiness against someone else. He smiles, so do I. She's slaying it, so am I. No, Mm -mm. (laughs) That's, that's just, and it's hard to be like, to get to that point where you leave it and then come back to it. But you wanna know why I was good at this is because I had to do the same thing during my eating disorder recovery with working out. So I had to stop. I had to stop going to a gym, stop using, you know, calorie counter apps, stop moving. I had to honestly stop moving my body for a while because every time I would move my body, I would start crying hysterically because I had so much PTSD. So in doing that, I realized, oh shit, you can stop something and it'll make the starting it again feel that much better. Totally, yeah. And so boundary setting with this whole hype girl thing came so much easier to me because I just gave it the same 
treatment. I was like, and if I never, and I told myself, I literally said this to myself too, when I was like, I'm going to leave the gym. If I never walk through the doors of a gym again, a traditional gym again, and I choose that I find joy in movement in another way. Ironically, I did (laughs) the last time I was in a gym, but that's okay. I told myself like, that's okay. If you never walk through another typical gym again. Mm -hmm. And I said the same aim cue. If you never find yourself in a situation where you are rah, 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 go you woo woo ever again, that's okay too. And I gave myself that it's like the actual breath of relief. Like you just sigh. You give yourself permission. Yeah. Yeah. And you just get courage to be disliked. Talk about that all the time. Mm-hmm. You know how hard that is? Hard. Fucking hard. It really hard. is. <laughs> and it's not, and it's not one and done. Like it's not linear. And it's not once no. you start, once you do it once and you feel good about not being liked once, that doesn't mean that you're No, no. Every person. It's like it's not it's not, it's okay. I, that's fine that I'm not liked by that person. I don't really fucking like them either. Then <laughs> then it's like <laughs> then it's like, oh shit, I actually like that human. And they don't like me in this new evolved form. And that's what fucks with you. Because yeah. if you don't like the person, who cares? Like once you realize that, you're like, bye, Felicia. But if you do, it like, hurts. I find myself second guessing myself mm-hmm. all the time. I don't know if you do that, but I yeah. I second guess myself. I'm like, well, maybe if I, maybe I could have been like gentler about setting that boundary. Maybe my boundary went too far. And then I, I find myself, you go right back into the people pleasing seat where you're like, well, they would still be in my life if I did this. Mm. It's, it's a cycle, you know, like I could have been because I'm such a hard and fast type person. And because you know, That's this, what she said. I just, <laughs> I just say what I feel. There's no, I told Becca the other day, I was like, I was just saying how I was feeling. I didn't think like that's, that's like actually how it works for me because I'm such an extremist. It's like, do now ask for permission or forgiveness later. Mm-hmm. That's just who I am always. Because of that, I'm like, oh, maybe my boundary was like too, too hard. And in that same thought, I would have normally never checked in and been like, hey, which again is why communication is so important. Like, hey, just checking in. I would have truly if we didn't have that conversation, I would have gone to bed that night and not slept because I would have been like, I think she might be upset. What did I do? How can I fix it? I need to be the fixer. Oh my gosh, it's me. Yeah. But instead I was like, hey, are we good? Like everything's good? And we're still learning how to do that because I I think it's also, I mean, as confusing and sometimes (laughs) like stressful as it can be, it's, I think we're learning a really good way of how opposite we are, but how even just because people are opposite does not mean that you cannot have a beautiful relationship. And I think oftentimes people are like, oh, so quick to write off. So quick to, I think there is a thing of having too many boundaries for sure. Oh yeah. A hundred. Well then you, like I said, like I'm telling you, I have a visual of Rapunzel in that like tall tower, whatever that is, because that's what, that's what you do. Mm -hmm. And there are so many humans. Listen, I know a few people in my life that have done that. They have set so many boundaries that now they quite literally live on an Island by themselves and have created that self-isolation. And I feel for them. I do. But every time I do the like the reach out and hold my hand out, they don't take it. And so it's like, well, I got to stop doing that because it's like it's instead of I would I'll reach out my hand. And I'll, I'll get it slapped. I'll reach out my hand again. It'll get slapped. And nobody wants that. Mm-hmm. So I agree. There are too many boundaries you can set. And then there's it's just such a it's, it, once again, 
let's hop on a surfboard and ride those waves. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. I think it'll look different when you setting a boundary as a teacher is different than you setting boundary as a daughter is different than you setting a boundary as a sister, as a friend, like those boundaries don't all have to look the same. And I think for a long time, I thought they did. Yes. So sure. if I didn't answer a text from, I don't know, this person, I also couldn't answer a text from that person. Like if I was going to make that a rule, then fine. Then that was the rule. And it's like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yep. so rigid in your thinking. Yeah. And that doesn't do anyone any favors. Yes, absolutely. I, there's been so many times where I'm like, okay, if I'm sitting, if I'm in my classroom and I tell my whole class, yeah. stop talking. Like I'm trying to say something or I'm trying to do the class will get quiet mostly, or at least after the fifth time. But in life, I a never assert myself in that same way. Never speak. No, in that same- isn't that so interesting? And wow. It, and, it, and it's just like, well, and, but I'm expecting the same response. I'm accepting, I'm expecting oh. people to just do what I want them to do without ever speak. Mm-hmm. Like you can't do that. You have to actually, I mean, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't be like, class <laughs> to, to my other humans in life. But um, yeah, I totally That'd get be that. Hilarious. It makes so I much you sense. You should try that. Yeah. <laughs> if, that, if that works for you, yeah. you could be like, you could be like, this is the only way I can assert myself in this situation. I'll grow past this yeah. right now. The only time that's ever worked is at a bridal shower or baby shower and they're like, Beck, we need you to use your teacher voice to get everyone quiet so we can make this announcement. That's the only time <laughs> that it's worked in my benefit. I do feel like this last year, speaking of hype human, how you were just saying, and we do, I I think that that's one of the, the things that we love to do most in life is to hype other humans up. Totally. And it's very important. Totally. Absolutely. I think that working on how to hype myself up and what I, what that looks like for me, because it doesn't always, what I thought it looked like to others, it doesn't, I can't hype myself up in that same way. So I can see why other people aren't hyped up in that way necessarily too. I think it's made me a better hype human for others because I've taken that time to learn how to hype myself up and show up for myself in that way. That's something that, although this whole pandemic has been an absolute mess, I think that the one benefit that came from it that I tried to keep reminding myself of is that I literally am within the walls of my home by myself and within the walls of my body, my home by myself. You will quite literally, hopefully, never get the opportunity to be so alone with yourself and to really look within and be more self-aware. So I think that being able to do that has helped me come out of this a little bit better. I'm sure you can say the same. Like when we focus on ourselves and can hype ourselves up and learn who we are, we can show up better for others too. And I think you can also kind of give yourself the shit when you need it. Like I have (laughs) been able to... I've been able to be like, yeah, like that, not okay, AMQ. You know, like I, and I can do it in a way where I don't get into this spiral of like, I'm a bad person. Mm-hmm. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> you know, a decision, okay, if you make a decision that you classify as bad, whatever that looks like, that doesn't make you a bad person. No. Like, you just didn't use the best judgment in that situation. Mm-hmm. However, Try and convince me that I didn't make the right decision. That's a whole other thing because I'm stubborn as fuck. But <laughs> but I'm learning to take, here's the thing. When you're like, okay, I've set boundaries and I've decided who gets my energy, mm-hmm. right? Who is worthy? I don't care. I don't fucking care. I, there's energy vampires out there and I'm not opening the door for them. Bye. So now I'm like, okay, this person I gave my energy to. Okay. And 
they're letting me know that like they feel some type of way to my reaction. The boundary that I've set with myself is that I'm allowing myself to hear that feedback. Mm. Whereas before I'd be like, no, mm -mm." they're wrong. Now I'm like, yeah. They're wrong. They're wrong. But it's like, no, they're not. They're not. They, they're not necessarily, they could be wrong, but they're not necessarily wrong because you actually give a shit what they say. Like instead of it just being trolls on the internet and you don't care what they say. Mm -hmm. It's like, if you tell me something, I'm like, fine. Even though you have to tell me seven times, (laughs) I'll listen. I don't necessarily hear you the first six times, but I'm listening. I'm like taking it in, putting it somewhere, whatever, like noodling it. I'll let it marinate. It's fine. But I pay attention. Whereas I don't think I would have like even a couple of years ago, I would have been like, no, too bad. I'm right. Everyone's wrong. This is my world. Everyone else is just living in it. And that was because I had to separate my, again, I took myself right off the bench, which then meant that I was separating myself. It's an interesting thing. I've never told you this actually, but when, when the, all this global pandemic stuff happened, I had already been, isolating myself from a lot of the humans in my life. And so I started feeling a lot of guilt around the fact that now I couldn't see these people, right? Mm. So you choose not to see people, spend time with them, give them space in your life. And then all of a sudden it's off the table. Like it's not even an option anymore. And then I started feeling guilty. I started feeling guilty for saying no to that birthday party and not showing up for that park hang. And I spent a lot of time in my feels the early part of this, like last summer, I started remembering like, oh, you know, a date would come up and I'd be like, damn, that was like last summer. I should have been at this thing and I wasn't. And I said no because of this and what an asshole. Now I can't be there. Like I was really giving myself a hard time. And then I just realized like they didn't give a fuck, AMQ, Yeah, you know? Yeah, They didn't give a fuck that you weren't there. Like nobody cared. Nobody checked in with you after. Nobody was hearing what you said. Like I said no back to things and I would tell them why. Like I was like, I actually can't come to this. An example, I actually can't come to this event because the last time I went to this event, Nate was still alive. He is not alive. I'm still not over that. I'll never be over it. It activates a lot of feelings in me. I'm going to stay home. I'm going to sit this one out. And do you think that anybody checked in with me? No. Yeah. You know, I obviously saw photos and stories and all that stuff, but nobody checked in. And those are the things I started realizing like, okay, well, I guess I'm right in setting my boundaries, Mm -hmm. but you'll always. Okay. Here's a question for you. My isolation started. In a situation like that, where if you you reached out to a friend and they said that if the friend responded with, okay, if you have, if you come and you start to get activated feelings, I'll leave with you. I will link arms with you. I will be this anchor to walk out with you. Would that have changed anything? Or, or did you just need somebody to be like, Hey, I hear you. I see you. I understand you. And that would have been enough instead of like, I, bye. I think, I, no, I think, I think the first option would have been exactly what I needed because I, I, I'm so codependent in a lot of my relationships. I've been getting a lot better, but I I define who I am as a person based on, like you said, like I, I need to be the good friend. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be the good friend. Whatever that looked like, if that meant I had to like bend over backwards and do cartwheels and do all these things, like I would do it. And so I think that, honestly, I think that in a lot of cases in my 30s, like you said, I've I've started testing people 
because I needed to know that I was making the right decision. And I know that sounds like a dick move, but I would be like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put them in a situation to make a decision. And they don't necessarily know that they're being tested, but like, you know, (laughs) and I've only, I've only done that with people that I've been really open about. So I've had the conversation like, Hey, when you do this, it makes me feel like Mm -hmm. this please don't do this. Could we maybe do this instead? Could we approach the situation this way? And when I know I'm not being heard, that's when I go into like test mode. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Like Mm -hmm. they're just not paying attention. And so it allows me to detach myself from the situation or the humans easier. And I know that might sound really terrible, but it's what I needed to do for me. And that's when I went into this is me being selfish. But if they had said, yeah, okay, fine. I can, I empathize now. Keep in mind, this group of friends also lost Nate. This is not like he wasn't a stranger, right? right. right? He was he was with all of us. And so you would think that it would be easy to empathize to that situation. And so if someone said, you know what, you're, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, okay, let's try it. And if it doesn't feel good, we'll leave together and we'll go to, like, as an example, I would a have- code word. <laughs> or we'll go, yeah, a code word. And then we'll go to Sneaky D's for, for tacos and nachos. Like, you know, like if they- insert good experience after the bad experience type vibe. Yes. But I just didn't have people in my life. Like it's, it's really unfortunate, but like, that's the kind of humans I was looking for in my life that I didn't have. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to make people someone they weren't. And that's not fair of me. I was expecting people to be like me. Like you said, you just expect people to like quiet down when you don't tell them to quiet down. Yeah. You can't, you can't expect you from other people for sure. Hard lesson to learn. Yeah. Unless you tell them that, normal humans would be like, AMQ, that's not me. And I'd be like, cool. Just like me and you. Like, just Uh like, you'll be like, I just, I okay, this is the way this came off. And I'm like, this is who I am. (laughs) Like, right? And and it's a lot easier that way. But I don't think, I don't think you fully believe that though. When you say this is just who I am, because I think that that is the immediate stop of growth. But you, you, you're not like that though, because you're open to hearing it. Yeah. You're open. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm also like, this is just like a part of what makes me me is that like, Mm -hmm. and and it's been really good for me in some parts of my life. Think first, like do first, think later. And it's been really terrible for me in a lot of parts of my life. Mm -hmm. But I've learned to navigate my life in that organized chaos. You know, like I, I like living within those confines, but yeah, I, I, I think boundary setting is it just looks so different because the way that my boundaries were a year ago look different now. And then when I'm a mom, like when I'm a mom, what's that going to look like? You know, like as a wife, oh my gosh, like going from, going from dating life to married life. I was like, we we live together. What's going to change? Fucking everything, everything changed. What do you mean? I was like, oh no, like there's a lot, like, like (laughs) everything changed. And I just genuinely wasn't prepared for that. Like I wish I had done the work because I was, why, why wasn't I prepared? Because I didn't, like you said, I didn't know what the fuck a boundary was. So then when I had to start applying them, you know what it felt like? I would, I would do something and I'd be like, what's this feeling? What's this? What's happening? What am I doing? Because I would be setting a boundary without knowing that that's what I was doing. It was like a resistant feeling, like a, a weird pressure push pull thing. And I'd be like, what am I doing? What is this? Like, why does this feel so weird? It was me literally setting a boundary and not knowing that that's what that was. And Mm -hmm. so I think it's super important to define them because, um, what, when you think about what happens if you don't set boundaries, 
That, my friends, yeah, that, my friends, is like where burnout happens. That is when if somebody asks you, describe who you are, and you start using terms like, I am a teacher, I am a wife, I am a daughter, and it's all dependent on other human beings, and you're not defining who you are with words, (laughs) things that make Mm -hmm. you you, like, I'm compassionate, I'm silly, I'm sassy, I'm stubborn. Those are things that make you, you, right? Not, yeah. not things that attach you to another human. Yeah. I want to circle back on something you said. You were on, you were on it, on it. So I didn't want to interrupt again, but when you said like, when, for example, that event and you were like, I, I explained myself, mm-hmm. you feel the need to, when you say a no about a thing, you feel the need to defend. And I think that I know at one point in my twenties, I was a very defensive person, I thought that I needed to constantly defend my choices, constantly defend my feelings. And when someone disagreed, they were wrong. I was right. How dare you tell me how I am? And da, da, da. Mm. Like I went to the other complete opposite end. But then, high quote, I have a quote here. I love this. The only reason you ever need, this is from uh, Glennon Doyle's new podcast, which I absolutely love. We can do hard things. It's so good. The only reason you ever feel the need to defend something is if you feel like someone can take it away from you. So if you don't think that someone can take that away, like what you're doing, if someone can't take that away, like someone doesn't like the person that you're with or someone doesn't like this or whatever, Mm -hmm. if they can't take that away from you and this is going to be something you want to do with your life or a career change, for example, if they can't take that job away from you, then you don't need to defend it. They just need to either be okay with it or not. And if they're not, then that's for them to figure out. There's no need to be constantly defensive Mm -hmm. because they can't take it away from you. So I just thought that was very interesting. Along with, it's not everyone's job to understand your calling. It wasn't a conference call. Yes. Love that. I love that. It's so true. (laughs) Yes. I'm I'm such a defensive human being. I still am. Totally. And I can completely relate to that. But I think that that, that's also attached to being a people pleaser. So you can convince yourself you don't care about other people's opinions. But there's always that like... There's always the, the juggle of, of figuring that out. Um, I wanted to say that some a book that I really loved that actually recently came out is The Joy of Being Selfish, and it's by Michelle Ellman. She's, she's, she's very, like, sassy and quirky, and I like how she communicates this. Um, her story is incredible, and I genuinely really, really enjoyed a conversation that she had with Kenzie Brenna on Kenzie's podcast, Conversations with Kenzie. Literally was called What the Fuck Are Boundaries? And (laughs) I loved their candid conversation back and forth. So if boundary setting is something that you guys battle with, we got you, Boo Crew. Some of the (laughs) some of the resources that we'll post up will be really, really great. And honestly, I know that, you know, if I were to revisit this topic in six months, I'll feel some type of way and it'll be probably very different. So boundary setting is really, really something that you have to do every day. I think just like for me writing in my gratitude journal, it has to be like, if I'm going to say no to something today, it needs to be in the long, I'm just going to say, I'm, Becca knows this. If I get a text message, like, I've gotten so much better now at not answering it right away because like the world isn't going to end. But I used to get a message and be like, I have to, I, I, got, I have to answer it. <laughs> like, 
I, mm-hmm. I don't know why. I don't know why. And I'd like look at it and it would be like burning a hole in my phone if I, if I didn't open it yeah. up. But I don't do that anymore. And that's, again, it seems like, seems like a t- such a small thing. But in doing that, I was like, oh, wait, I can do this too. If I can do that, then I can do this. And it's literally like a, you know, steps, stairs that mm-hmm. if I can do this, okay, that wasn't that hard. That was a lot easier than I thought. And every time mm-hmm. I think about how hard boundary setting is, this is actually terrible that I have to do this, but this is, this is how I operate is I shock myself. So I'll be like, okay, AMQ, you know, it was tough saying goodbye to that human that you really, really, really love and adore, but you did that. So you can do this. Like sometimes I'll have to remind myself how far I took boundary setting. And if I could do it like that, I can do something as simple as not answer a text message Mm -hmm. immediately. So, and I think there's different levels of boundaries, like hard boundaries, like what you just said, hard lines that, you know, you will not cross and this and that. But then there's also the types of boundaries day to day where like showing up as your best self, for example, looks different every day, Totally, showing up with those little boundaries do text messaging. We have never, it taught us over time that gave us this weird idea that we had to constantly be accessible. Yeah. And so setting those boundaries looked different when we started because we didn't grow up really, thank God, in the world of technology. This happened more in our adult years. It it was like kind of a shock to the system. Like, I love this. I'm going to answer this message right away because it was so cool that you're getting these messages. And then over time, dopamine. (laughs) Yeah, you, you get conditioned to feel like you need to. Instead of really checking in and being like, I don't need to answer that right now. Like, for example, going back to school, me and you were constantly able to communicate yeah. all day when I was working from home. And then when I, 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 but again, we had to communicate that. Yes, that was say, a whole hey. conversation. Yeah, I was like, I don't want you to think I'm ignoring you. I'm trying really hard to keep up with what, you know, we're doing the podcast and I want to be here and I want to be present. But I felt like I was half-assing everything because I wanted to do all the things at once. When in reality, it was like, no, we could have figured that out after 4 p.m. And it would have been fine. Totally. Um, But power of communication, people, it's a beautiful thing. I have questions for you now, but none of them have to do with (laughs) blowjobs. Okay, you know what? Sorry that you're upset that I asked you a boat. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I just thought it was just like not, I was in one mental space. And I was like, okay, I'm present. I am feeling the mindset vibes. Then you were like, blowy. So I was like, whoa, fuck, we pivoted. And there was no turn. Penis. Um, <laughs> penis. What is a boundary that you are working on now? Do you have one <sighs> that you're working on setting? I find that setting them after you practice, setting isn't as hard as holding. Setting the boundary and speaking it is not as hard as holding people to that once it occurs, you know? Okay. So I'm going to give like a convoluted answer to this question as, cause that's what I do. So for me, something that I, I am trying to set a boundary for how much of the way that I show up every day is fueled by my job and how much it's fueled by who I actually am as a human. And something that's beautiful about loving what you do, loving the multiple, I'm multi-passionate, loving the multiple things that I do is, is that that becomes who you are. However, I don't, I don't want to be like a figurehead, right? I don't want to be just that person who is this, that, that human who is a coach, that human who is a podcaster. 
Like I want to be AMQ separate from that, you know? So if everything falls apart, if I don't have, you know, your job can't, doesn't define you, then you're still a person outside of that. And for me, I'll tell you right now in this season of my life, I had to almost stop doing actually pretty much everything that I did as a mentor before that I felt like I was doing too much of because I did that thing where I took myself off the bench. I did. I literally was like, all right, pulling the plug, pulling the plug. (laughs) And it was like, but I think you have to, that's so important to do. Yeah. It's hard to do that. It's hard to do because I, but I was like, all right, if I pull the plug, what's been really nice is in doing that, I've gotten feedback. Nobody knows they're doing this when they're doing it, but it's helping me. I pulled the plug completely because I said, if I do this here, but I don't do this here, then I'm not going to be able to figure out what really needs doing. And so I pulled the plug on all aspects of my, let's say, let's talk about mentorship. So I'm really evolving with the way that I mentor. So I was like, I'm, I'm pulling the plug on it all. I don't do this. I don't do this. I don't do this. I don't do this. And in the process, I've had humans reach out to me being like, hey, I saw a lot of value when you did this. Do you think you're going to reintroduce that again? Hey, I really enjoyed this. This really helped me. I've been taking notes on what the humans in my orbit, what my team needs. And therefore now I'm going to be able to show up as a mentor in the way that's needed. Not just because I had, I was like, I'm doing it all, all the things. And the, all the things didn't work. All the things, no one cared about all the things. I wanted to do the things that mattered that actually were of value. So right mm-hmm. now I'm setting a boundary between what it means to be a mentor and what it means to be a friend to those same people. And that's hard to do. <laughs> that really is really is. hard to do because sometimes I'm like, is this message about business or the weather? <laughs> I can't tell. Yeah, yeah. Is this personal or professional? Yeah, like I don't know. And then I'm like, then I don't want to be an asshole. But, you know, so it's tough. It's definitely tough. But I'm learning how to to, to control that. And oh, being the control freak that I am, I'm not sure I'll ever find an equilibrium, but I'm, I'm trying. And again, I if, if, if I can give any tips, which like, who the fuck am I to give tips? But I don't care. I'm going to do it. You're listening. <laughs> um, if I can give a tip for boundary setting, if you have the tendency to be an everybody person and you want to be everything for everyone, I highly recommend making a list of what all those things are, like all those things you're trying to be for everyone and then get off the fucking bench. And be that for you. Absolutely. Take the time to just get off the bench for a while, set a time, be like, I'm doing this for 30 days. It's going to be hard. Mm -hmm. It's going to suck. But then you, you, you fill that time with other things. And then you realize, oh shit, maybe this is where my energy should go. So it'll be difficult, but it really does help. And you'll learn what you like and what you don't like. Like you also can't pull yourself off the bench and then just sit there looking and waiting for things to change. You need to take action. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You need to take action and like, okay, what makes me feel good? What makes me, what brings me joy? What Mm -hmm. can I implement day after day that will help me show up for me and help me um, keep it real with myself. Calling yourself on your own bullshit is so hard, but you can only do that when you pull yourself you, off. The that's what I was gonna say. You can only, that's exactly, yeah. you can only call yourself out on your own bullshit when you literally 
have figured out that that was bullshit to begin with. You literally like, it's literally like that whole thing. Like when you're a goldfish in the bowl, you're just a little fishy with water surrounding you. When you jump out of the bowl, you're like, whoa, like everything changes. That's very much what it feels like. Totally. Because then you find yourself, then you find yourself sitting there. And I know I, I felt like I was losing it because I would say something and like claim it for myself. Yes. And then immediately yes. feel like I had to justify it to myself. Defend. I was getting defensive <laughs> against myself. And I was like, no, you don't have to do that. It can just be. It what? can just be. What a mind fuck. That's so funny. Yeah. Okay. It's I have a question. So weird. Another question. Have you ever been called <laughs> too nice? Yes. Yes. Becca, you know what that means? You know what being called too nice means? Fuck. I'm not going to like this, am I? No. It means you have no boundaries. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like when a friend says to you, I have one particular friend, you know who I'm talking about, who'll be like, AMQ, you're too nice. And I'm like, fuck you. Because <laughs> I know, I know that when she's saying that, she's like, you're not setting boundaries. And so her, her way of, she used to be like, I don't want to hear your shit. Stop fucking complaining. Don't call me to complain about this. If you didn't do X, Y, Z, don't call me to complain. And then I'll do it. And she'll be like, her immediate response, you're too nice. And it's literally her way of being like, shut up. <laughs> so, yeah. And now I'm like, oh, okay. But see, in a weird way, in the past, when I would say, when people would tell me I was too nice, regardless of the tone they said it in, I would take it like a compliment. Oh, 100, me too. I, me too. I thought that it was, okay, that means I'm doing the right thing. Yep. If I'm too nice, you can't be too nice. No, you can't be too nice. If if yeah. you if your friend, you know, is going through something and it's a snowstorm and there's like a no being on the road advisory and it's 11 p.m. and you have to drive for two hours to comfort them, you do it anyway because that's what friends mm-hmm. do, right? Totally. Like, yeah. Not really. Like now I realize that's not <laughs> the best life choice. Safety first, everyone. But also. I, isn't it, you and I can relate to this because I just, I love, I loved being too nice. I loved being the friend, just like I loved being the friend who everyone could rely on. I I used to, I used to do a little game. Um, I'm glad I, I'm glad I did this always. I don't know. I think it was my mom who implemented this into me, but I don't, I don't know why. But sometimes when I would be out with my friends or whatever, I would ask them, I would be like, stop, drop, and what's one word that describes this person, what, what's what, like, literally we'd be like, add a drink, like add a pre-drink. And I'd be like, let's give compliments because who I am. And everyone would always say I was reliable. And it was literally, honestly, when people would be like, oh, AMQ, AMQ is the reliable friend. AMQ is the friend you can count on. I would be like, Zzz, like a neon sign, like buzzing. So excited that someone just called me reliable. Yeah. Now I'm like, fuck, that was just them saying that <laughs> I never yeah. say no to yeah. anything. <laughs> Which is exhausting. Exactly. Hindsight, I was exhausted. I wasn't mad. I wasn't, although it came off like anger. Anger, mm. my sister says this, God bless her counseling life. Anger is always a second emotion. Oh. When you are angry or you're mad, it's always the second emotion. And that's something that she tells she tells her um, clients. And it's something that has always stuck with me when I start to feel frustrated or angry. I'm like, this is a second emotion. How am I really feeling? I'm really feeling unheard. I'm really feeling like I am not being understood, unappreciated. Yeah. Which helps you navigate so much easier (laughs) when you're like, okay, this is a second emotion. How am I actually feeling? 
Sometimes you can just be mad, though. Someone, sometimes people just piss you the fuck off. That person did use their turn signal? Fuck them. They shouldn't have a license. For sure. <laughs> but <laughs> but when you find yourself repeatedly getting frustrated, like this morning on my stories, I woke up raging. And I was just <laughs> in a bad mood. But why? Why am I in a bad mood? I'm exhausted. Right. I'm not angry at the world. I'm just drained. And I just need to talk on the podcast with AMQ and rest. <laughs> yeah, like you're hangry. You're like, I'm fucking yeah. hangry. Like, I just, need, <laughs> yes. I just need to eat some food. Like, I, it happens to me all the time. Yes. Like, I'll be like, I'm, I'm not focused. And then I'm like, maybe you should eat something. Like, that's just, yep. you're right. It's, it's so, I never actually thought of anger being like first this, then anger. But that's a really good way mm-hmm. of looking at it because I also feel like, I also feel like anger is not necessarily an emotion I feel often anymore, which I'm not sure what that is in relation to. If that just means I'm more Mm self-aware that I don't let myself get there because when I'm angry, I do the whole like imagine an infant who can't express that they're colicky and they just like turn red. (laughs) That's what happens to me. Like I've become very like my nerves boil over and it's just not a comfortable state. So I think I know that, right? So I've tried Mm -hmm. to stop myself from getting to that point. But that is really, it's a really valuable tip that Mm -hmm. anger is a secondary emotion. It's true. It really is true. Shout out to Lauren. Thank you, sis. Appreciate you. (laughs) Circle back. What was your one tip for boundaries that you just said? I am learning to set a boundary between what it looks like to be a mentor and a friend to the same humans. Okay. My tip would be for, again, who are we? We're just people that have have gone through it and want to just spread it would be you can remove yourself, like free yourself of the pressure of being responsible for how everybody reacts to what you need. And your responsibility is to speak your truth and do it in a way that authentically show like makes you say yes to you. Right. And if everyone else tells you no, that's for them to figure out. <laughs> mm-hmm. True. Like you said, it's okay if you're on your island for a minute. You kind of need to put yourself on there. Put yourself on the island. Figure out what makes you you before you start grasping at straws to be there. Everything for everyone else. And you know what worries me, actually, is I was thinking about this because I was like, what's going to happen when, when you know, the world resumes some sense of normalcy? Am I going to have to do this work all over again? No. Am- I don't think you will. Speaking from someone who has is starting to feel that, it's actually liberating as fuck. Okay. To the the work that you're doing right now will pay off when the world opens up. The flags will never be redder and brighter. Hmm, interesting. Like they will never wave higher in your face. There's been so many times, even throughout the work day, where like people need me to do something or someone needs something or just like social socially yeah the world wants to open up so you want to go everywhere come sit the fuck down you do not need to that's how i feel but that's how i feel like i'm gonna be i feel like i'm gonna be like oh my god i go to everything but probably no yeah it's probably but in that same respect you're gonna learn to be like oh hold on i need a minute because it's also exhausting it's it's you don't realize the the stimulation that it takes the mental and emotional stimulation that comes from being around humans again that you haven't seen in a while. I can't it's imagine. Also like realize, I can't imagine. Yeah, you'll never sleep better. But I <laughs> promise you, I really do. I I will wholeheartedly say that I think the work that you've done during this lockdown will make the red flags wave brighter for you to, to be able to 
not have to that's do the interesting. work. Interesting, because I've definitely been thinking have, about it. Been like, mm, that's going to be interesting because, you know, I all I can I keep bringing it back to this, but all I can think of is like, good friend of mine, DJ, artist, whatever. He he has a single release party, and it's like okay, we're all going to this bar, like one of the bars that we frequented. Like, we're going to do it. It's going to be the single release party. It's going to be on a Wednesday night. Like, will I say no? <laughs> I don't know, you know, but. Or will you say yes and leave exactly. when you need to leave and hold that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's Take so two hard. vodka sodas. It's hard. You got to test yourself. <laughs> 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 That's, but we laugh, but isn't that so hard? The idea of like being, first of all, the idea of this semi-retired bar star who is in the process of trying to get pregnant, so never quite knows when maybe I should or shouldn't be having a drink based on. I feel like the answer should always be yes, just to. Fine. Let the liquid libido go. Libido. But the (laughs) semi-retired bar star in me who hasn't seen the inside of a bar in two years, because she was already setting those boundaries before the pandemic, is like, you're going to tell me you're going to drop a house track? Um, I want to go. <laughs> like, I want to, it's a bop. I want to bop around. Like, like, That's your, so that's your kryptonite. Noted. Noted. That's how I'm going to show up, actually, when the, speaking of boundaries, the boundary that's keeping it's a fucking us border. It's separated literally the most. A is a fucking border is an actual boundary line. I'm going to show up with <laughs> I'm going to show up with a boombox at the first floor and just be like it's ha-, like hold it up like Simba in the Lion King when Rafiki holds up Simba I'm boots just going to hold up and boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats just house music and I'm going to bob my head and be like AMQ it's time <laughs> come to me <laughs> I have a combination of the Boots and Cats song and the Lion King song in my head right now. <laughs> that actually might be a really sick remix. I'm copywriting it right now. If anyone or if anyone wants to just is musically inclined, watch Melon. If Melon <laughs> comes at us with this episode edited, but also the Circle of Life house music edition, I will. Well, he is a DJ and a producer, therefore. You would think that you could do that, Malin. That should be in your skill set, in your toolbox of audio wizardry magic. Yes. And if you do it, we're plugging it in right here. Because it's so good. Oh, my gosh. This is a good one. We haven't done a nice, good... So cathartic. You know, the other day... The other Isn't day it? when we were reading, when we were reading one of the reviews and we gave her a hard time because her name was like A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, P. She actually sent us a message and was like, that was me. So when, um, when we were talking, I was talking, her name was Alexis. She was like, I'm a, th- a family therapist and I listened to you guys on the way in. And to hear mm. someone who works in that space say that us just shooting this shit is cathartic. That's like, I'm like, cool, same. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you guys are just literally, we would be, listen, we we talk about this shit already. Like, these conversations, they're just stuff. When we come up with topics, it's because we read something in a book, we listen to a podcast, we're feeling some kind of feels in our personal life. We are inspired by a human who we bring on as a guest. Like, 
this is all very real stuff that's evolving with us. And so it's really cool that we get to have these conversations in a way that serve others. That's literally the point of this podcast. So it was really cool. A, I laughed because she was like, it me and B. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, hey guys, she's pointing to our DMs. Hey guys. So that was me. And here's a fun fact about how the settings are set up on leaving reviews. (laughs) Also, it doesn't let you. Apple, like fucking figure it out. Like you... Listen, you're robbing yeah. people of their identity. Like, they can't even put their name. The fuck is that shit? <laughs> and you're going to give them a whack-ass, like, realm of letters? Half of the alphabet? Identify? Like, no. Yeah. Jesus, Mary. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, yeah, I do I do love it. And that is, like, I think we almost laughed at that idea starting this. We were like, huh, people are going to watch. People are going to think. Of- we totally did laugh at this. Yeah. But... We're like, yeah, right. That that would be a dream, uh, huh? And then <laughs> look at it now. That's crazy. And we refer to our relationship a lot in this podcast because it's that like we're navigating it with you and sharing that. Hopefully, if you're in similar situations, whether it's regarding setting boundaries or communicating with people in your life that you wish had you had a stronger, more boundary driven yeah. relationship with, that that can still mean that you love them. <laughs> if you didn't love them, you wouldn't be trying to be better anyway. Like I, I would say that some people, cause I, th- I really think, and we say this a lot, but I really do. I've had conversations. I'm not going to assume anything. So I'll say based on conversations that I've had, and I'm sure you have too. I think there's a lot of like, Oh, like you and Becca are like friendship goals. You guys are so alike. And I'm like, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> we're actually not, but I think that's great. It would be boring as shit. Yeah. If we were the same. We do both love leopard print. We do both love the Jersey Shore. <laughs> yeah. Very fundamental Jersey Shore being one of them. <laughs> Similarity. <laughs> Guys, she had to warn me. Oh my God, this is actually, this is so important. Insert any audio clip from Snooki right around here. Thank you so much. My ultimate dream is to move to Jersey, find a nice juiced, hot, tan guy and live my life. Where's the yeah. beach? She had to let me know, okay? I got a text last week. From Becca, and it was, hey, I just wanted to let you know ahead of time that I'm going to be at the shore next weekend. Because she knew that I might need to work through some feelings that I couldn't be at the shore too. But again, I would not have even known to say that to you. Because I didn't say it in a joke whatsoever. It was a straight up <laughs> heads up. They're like, but but because... I knew, but because we had to have some hard conversation, not about the <laughs> shore, but just about the world in general. That like, hey, you know what? I'm hearing her and how things are really weird for her right now. And a bunch of Canadians seeing the U.S. live. And they're like, hey, you guys fucked shit up in the beginning of all this. How is this fair? Quite a a connection we're in. Yeah. (laughs) So that is that is so funny. But I think that that's also just like we have as much as we're different. I think we have so much to A, that we learn from each other. B, if we didn't communicate it, we wouldn't be able to make this podcast. Can you imagine? Sure. (laughs) What? Sorry, guys, we're taking a hiatus. Oh my god, we got into a fight. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) we have have Malin just do an entire episode. Hey, sorry, it's like it'll be like an answering machine. Malin, big hey, uh, AMQ and Becky can't come to the pod right now because they're not speaking. (laughs) Instead, you will be with me here. I will speak. (laughs) So. Your house music with the circle of life. Interlude. (laughs) Oh, 
you know how we have an intro episode? We can just have like an interlude episode. <laughs> have feel free to listen to this as you make your list of boundaries and gratitude. <laughs> See you next week when hopefully they get their shit together. <laughs> Jokes on all you guys. We have sometimes recorded oh. <laughs> recorded episodes when we're like I am not in agreement with you right now, but we are recording this episode anyways. <laughs> But I think that recording the episode helps us get back on, like... A hundred percent. A hundred, a hundred percent. I just think it's, again... I also think that's a sisterly thing, though. That's a very totally. sisterly thing to be like, hey, fuck you. Do you want to go get tacos? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? Like, in the, within five minutes, be like, hey, I don't fucking agree with whatever the fuck you just said, but I do want a margarita. Let's go. I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk to you right now, but um, I'm sitting <laughs> at my mic. <laughs> I'm in your waiting room. <laughs> hey, be, go fuck yourself. I'm in your waiting room. <laughs> this is like real shit that's happened. That's oh, why it's funny. It's funny because it's, it's true. But it's but I think that that just shows how close we are. I feel like when we meet in person, it's just going to be like, ah, oh, this all makes perfect fucking sense. <laughs> oh my God, guys. You guys, we're going to like break the universe when we meet. Like... <laughs> world is gonna stop it's gonna be like that scene from the matrix when he's flying backwards and everything just goes slow yeah i i picture it to be to the music of the catalina wine mixer from step brothers <laughs> like that's this that's the footage that's gonna go for the for sure videographer that malin will undoubtedly set up 100 he's he's already told us like he's very invested he's so invested in our meat cute so invested i just love that i now know what a meat cute is see you're teaching me so many things yeah the pod is teaching us so many (laughs) oh my god well i never want to stop this episode this is so fun (laughs) yeah this was a good one i love this fuck the timeline we'll talk for another hour and a half fuck you guys Press pause and carry on. You know what my favorite thing is? One of our OG Boo Crew listeners, Rachel, sent me a message the other day and she's like, so because my commute is not long, it takes me literally 10 (laughs) minutes to get from literally anywhere because I live in a small, small town. It actually takes me sometimes 10 car rides to get through an episode, but it makes me so happy because every time I'm in motion going from point A to point B and back again, I know I'm going to listen to you guys. And I was oh my like, God. that's so awesome. That is <laughs> I amazing. love that. that is so amazing. good. Well, uh, hopefully you'll finish this episode by the time the next one comes out. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, okay. Well, you know, we hope you have some fun. And, you know, feel some feels while you set your own boundaries. 12 out of 10 recommend it. It's, it just really, you claim your power back. Yes. And you learn a lot about, about what's important to you. That is the thing for me that has done the most. And flipping the script, like you always say, and realizing I really, really now see that every no is a yes. That is so empowering when you realize that, that saying no to someone else is saying yes to you and your state, the best possible state that you can be in in that moment. So, And if they don't want to respect that and live within you, then they don't need to have access to being on your island or being in your tower, as you put, being in your tower. Energy vampires can come to the door 
and you don't have to answer. <laughs> you can tell him to suck off. <laughs> Get it? Because it's a vampire or a blowjob because you mentioned blow- And here we go back again to blowies. And full circle. That's a wrap. <laughs> We'd love to hear about your boundaries, though. Um, go ahead and or if you learn something that you want to start practicing in your relationships, slide into our DMs with a voice note. We love to get them or email hello, hello with three O's at I got you All right. Well, we are very excited for next next week's episode is definitely one you are not going to want to miss. Just check it out. You're not going to want to miss it. It's also somewhat in relation to boundary setting. So coming through with that promise that we made y'all that we were going to get some amazing humans from our experience at the BODCON. This is one of them. Yes. I got you, boo. Okay, thanks. Love you. Bye. Bye.